0: Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. What follows is the service from June 12, 2022. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, Ackland Avenue. Paging Justin Myrick. Paging Justin Myrick. Your seat up here is calling, Justin. Good morning, church. Thrilled that today is a, a bright and sunny day, nice and warm. Hopefully, just like your hearts, if not, hopefully by the end of this they will be nice and warm. I'm going to start off this morning by reading some Proverbs, And then we'll do a prayer and then we'll get this whole shindig going. So Proverbs chapter 8, starting in verse 1. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understand and raise your voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cried aloud, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. Now, I'm gonna skip down to verse 22. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. It was formed long ago, at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth when there were no springs overflowing with water before the mountains were settled in place before the hills i was given birth before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth i was there when he set heavens in place when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep when he established the clouds above the fixed above and fixed securely the foundations of the deep when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his command and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejo- rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. If you want to mind, bow with me, please. Lord, we're thankful, thankful for this opportunity Lord, that I know that this building is much more than the, the walls that we are within right now. I know that the foundation has been established for decades, centuries before us. And we're thankful for the, the, the foresight that you've had, the, the way you've built things up, all the little moments and people that have been in lives to help affect us to where we are today. Lord, I pray that our hearts, our minds, our spirit will be moved by you to continue the work that you have laid out. So that for one another, for those we have yet to meet, for those we're going to meet, that we will be a light for you. Encourage us, Lord. Guide us. Help us follow you. We look forward to what you have for us. We pray this all in your name.
1: Number eight, eleven in the supplement.
0: I'll wait just a second <laughs> people come in. Oh, it's always nice to have more voices. So.
1: <clears throat> Supplement book 11. Brethren, mm-hmm. we have met to worship and adore the Lord our
2: song. So, sorry about that. I I will try not to break out in tune. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you were mindful of him and her, the son of man, that you care for us. You made us a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned us with glory and honor. You made us ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under our feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that we are gathered here this morning as a family. And we know that we are just a small piece of your larger family that's meeting together all over the world this morning. And we love that we are part of something bigger, but we also love that we are part of something smaller, and that we can see what's needed in our communities, and that we can uh, rise to the occasion to show other people who you are. Especially this week, we thank you for all of the examples set by our youth and their chaperones who worked at work camp and the way that they were your eyes and your hands, your feet, and your mouths to other people. We ask that you help us to be good shepherds of the ground, the air, and the waterways about us. We know that you have put us in charge, and we try to do our best. Right now we're crying out because we're paying $5 a gallon for gas and yet we know we need to try our best to find reusable resources. And so we say to you we are sorry for what we do and for the abuse that we've made of this planet and we ask for your help in helping us to rein in our needs to take care of what you have given for us. Help our next generation of youth do better than what we have done. Thank you for the reminder to watch out for our birds the fish, the insects, and the land animals. Help us to build habitats for them, to take care of them, not to take those things for granted, to watch over all that you have given us. Thank you for the shelter and the food that you provide each of us every day, and help us to remember those who are without and to share what we have. We appreciate the opportunities that you give us to do that. We ask you to be with others who are suffering from despair caused by other humans. We ask your help in being kinder to other people and that we share this kindness and that this kindness be like a fire that goes throughout our land and all the world. We ask uh, that you continue to remember and heal Chrissy and Chuck and Shelly. We ask that you be with our friends in cancer treatment. Marion, Shelley, Jane and Aussie, Pam and Debbie. We know that you are the master healer and that you will heal ourselves and the earth. We ask you to be with those that are especially working towards sharing your love with other people um, as we try to support them, help us to do so, not only financially, but also through uh, prayers and letters. We ask you this morning to be with Jason and Emily, with Lindsey, with Manuel, with High, Byron, and Snazana and their families and uh, help us to do what we can to make their jobs easier. We praise you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you for uh, helping us heal, not only physically and spiritually, but in all ways so that we can better serve you. And as a congregation, in your name we all say, amen.
0: Four five
1: eight. Four five eight. no thank we all of Zero after the lesson. Turn now to four hundred and sixty-four. Four six four. Oh, come. On.
3: Together. We are in the summer travel season, which means we have folks kind of going all kinds of different directions, and yet we have so many guests kind of passing through town, uh, visiting family or visiting friends. So, guests, welcome. Uh, we're so glad that you are with us today. One of the effects of so many people traveling, we we're supposed to have our paddle day today at Long Hunter, and Almost all of our boat owners were going to be out of town. All those that own the canoes and kayaks, So, uh, Copeland, Thornton, Sternbergs, a bunch of those families are out. So, we are shooting for July 17th. We were trying to get it early in the summer so it wouldn't be as hot. It's just going to be hot all the time, right? Okay. But, uh, we're going to shoot for July 17th, uh, to try our paddle day. So, we're excited about that. For those of you that donated ladders for our work camp this past week, all those are in the cave If you need help loading those back in your car or truck after service, grab a teenager, grab an adult, grab anyone, and we'll help you. But thank you for that. We're able to paint 15 houses this week, had about 200 teenagers, and it was a a joyous time. If the teenagers tell you any stories about songs Paul and I were singing in the van when the stereo was turned up uh, loud, don't believe them. Okay, Uh, They're they're making it all up. But we had a really good week. If you didn't get your t-shirt, where is Paul? Paul, do you have all the t-shirts? I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't. But anyway, we'll we'll track him down. I think they're just back at his house. But if you weren't able to get your t-shirt Friday night, we have that for you. Our next big thing coming up is mission week. There's a bunch of stuff in the bulletin, which we'll we'll talk about uh, here in a second. Um, Last Sunday in the lectionary calendar was was Pentecost. And what the lectionary schedule does the Sunday after Pentecost is, is they label it as Trinity Sunday. We don't always uh, observe that when we get into ordinary time in the summer and fall. Sometimes we stick with the lectionary. Sometimes we kind of go all kind of all over the place. But uh, what I want to do this morning is to talk about the Trinity and talk about the Holy Spirit. So that's what we'll do this morning. Also, we're going to be looking at several different passages. So if you want to grab one of the Pew Bibles... Uh, I'm going to be giving you the page number to make it a little easier as we go fast. So grab a pew Bible, I'll be giving you page numbers and stuff. But we'll start with our main scripture, which is in the bulletin. So if you want to stand with me and grab your bulletin. This is our gospel reading from John 16. This is the extended discourse in John at the Last Supper, chapters 14 through 17, where Jesus talks to his, his apostles says a lot about the Holy Spirit. This is one section of that. This is John 16, 12-15. The whole section's in bold, so you just want to read with me the whole section since it's, it's kind of short this morning. Let's read this together. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is for me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. One of the great mysteries of the Christian faith is that we believe that there is one God, and yet God is understood in in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. This is a stumbling block to our monotheistic cousins, our Jewish and Muslim friends. Uh, every time I talk about this with my students, I'm like, but but there's one God, and you, you talk about three, and we can talk about how we see it in Scripture. We can talk about how there is room within the divine being for both singularity and plurality, but yet it's a mystery, and it's a good reminder for us that there's at least three mysteries in the Christian faith. And by mystery, we mean things that we cannot prove. It's not two plus two equals four, okay? But things that we take on faith, and those mysteries are Jesus is completely human. And also completely divine. That the Bible is the word of God. And it's also the word of humans. And also, God is one, and yet God is understood in three persons. And maybe we can help us understand it this way, that the idea of the Trinity is basically a concept to help us understand the omnipresence of God. And kids, by omnipresence, what we mean is God is Everywhere. God is here with us, but yet Ms. Melissa referred to Christians all over the world. God is also there. God is everywhere. Christians conceptualized that God the Father, they saw God as a king, and they pictured um, a spiritual heavenly throne, and God's at the throne. It's not a physical reality, but a spiritual reality. God is on the throne, and beside God on the throne is Jesus at the Father's right hand. We talked about that last week, when we talked about Pentecost. And so the, but the understanding for them was if God is in heaven and Jesus has risen as is at the father's right hand does that mean God is no longer with us on planet earth does that mean God has abandoned us where is God in and they said no God is still with you because God is spirit and God can be in heaven and on earth at the same time so to help our human minds understand that we talk about God as father son and spirit the omnipresence of God. There's two main metaphors in the Bible for the Holy Spirit. The first is just where the word comes from. It's the idea of spirit. It's the idea of wind. It's the idea of breath. It's the same word uh, in the Bible in the Old Testament, the New. The Old Testament is the word ruah. The New Testament is the word pneuma. I'm sorry, you may hear the word pneumatology. It's a silent p at the beginning of that pneumatology. Just the study of the Holy Spirit. And it's the idea of wind. It's the idea of breath. And so even with that, there's something kind of mysterious to it. Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3, you can hear it. You can kind of see where it's going, but you only see it by the effects of it, right? You don't see the wind. You just see what the wind does. And that's why at the Day of Pentecost, which we talked about last week, they heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind, right? So the Holy Spirit is like a wind. It, it, it's like a breath. And I took the kids to... Uh, the pool at the ymca the other day and um, they were doing what they always do the first time we go in the summer they, they do the swim test to get the green armband and all that you know and uh i was watching all the all the kids huge olympic sized pool watching them do all the games they do and i was reminded of a game i used to do with my buddies at the pool where we would see who could hold their breath the longest right did you ever do this game okay and they would time you and i remember we had all these tricks, all these when we try to do it. I got to where I could hold it for like a minute and a half or something like that. Some of you maybe could do it even longer. But you know that feeling when you're trying to do that to impress your friends, and then you finally come about the water and you're just just gasping for breath. Some of you may experience asthma or other things like that. Like you know that feeling of when you just need a breath so bad. And it's a reminder that we need air. We need air for our survival. And the Holy Spirit is that same type of breath, that same type of air, that wind that we have to have in order to live. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit is also described as fire. And that's what we see on the day of Pentecost. And it's like the sound of a mighty rushing wind, but yet it came down like tongues of fire. And fire is a source of warmth, a source of energy. (laughs) Not this time of year, right? But in the fall, Winter, maybe early spring, you know the feeling of getting together around a campfire and wanting to get in closer to closer to feel that warmth. We also, we get energy from fire. And this is a week, none of us want to lose our power this week, right? Like none of us want to lose our power. We don't have AC or we don't even have a fan, a circular fan. Like we want to have power. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is that wind, that breath, it's that energy, it's that power. Kind of bring this home. I brought an orange balloon this morning to kind of illustrate this. So this is the idea. It's orange for kind of the idea of fire, tons of fire, but also the idea of, of wind. One of the kids this morning says, you don't normally use props. And I'm like, well, you know. Take it to the next level this morning, okay? In my practice uh, with this, this illustration is going to make a funny sound from time to time. That's not part of the illustration. Don't think too deep about it. But if you have to giggle, uh, feel free to giggle uh, if the balloon makes a funny sound. It's all right, kids, okay? But picture it like this is just a normal balloon, and yet... Think about this, kids. It takes shape when it has breath. Right? When it has air. And it's not, I mean, this is kind of fun, it's kind of exciting. How many of you kids, raise your hand if you love it when you go somewhere and they're doing balloon animals? Okay, kids, raise your hand, you like them? Yes, they're great. Mr. Larry, Ms. Shannon love balloon animals, right? It's so much fun, is it? But otherwise, if it's just a little, it's okay to Google, right? If it's just, if it's just a balloon, like, that's not fun. No one has a birthday party and just hangs balloons on their billboard, right? Okay. You blow up the balloon and it just kind of puts a smile on your face, right? When you get the balloon blown up. So picture this, and we we may come back to this as this goes on. Think about how we see the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God throughout the Scriptures. And I don't want to say that this is always a reference every time we see it to the full understanding of the Trinity. But just think about this idea of the Spirit of God throughout the Bible, the wind, the fire of God. Think about in the opening chapters of Genesis where we have the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. Think about when God breathes ruah, air, life, into Adam. From time to time in the Old Testament, we see the Spirit of God come upon people, but it's always the great heroes and heroines of the Old Testament. And it seems to be kind of temporary. The Spirit kind of comes on, like, think of, like, Samson or somebody. The Spirit of God comes on, he can do mighty things, but then it seems kind of the Spirit of God leaves. But the prophet Joel prophesies that someday the Spirit of God is going to come on all peoples, sons and daughters, slave and free, old and young, rich and poor. And so what we see being prophesied is someday the Holy Spirit is going to come on all all people. And it's not going to be like a temporary thing, but it's going to be kind of more of a permanent thing. And that's what we see of the day of Pentecost. We see the Father, Son, and Spirit at the baptism of Jesus. We mark that every January. We talk about that story where you see the Father speaking down from heaven when the Son is being baptized. And kids, you remember where you see the Holy Spirit in that? The dove, right? The Spirit coming down like a dove. We think of the Great Commission in Matthew 28 where... um, He says, you will go out and you will baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And if you look at Paul's letters, the introductions to a lot of Paul's letters, he will reference, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll talk about the Holy Spirit. And you can see a lot of language of Father, Son, and Spirit kind of in Paul's introductions there. So we see this concept, this divine mystery of one God in three persons throughout the whole Bible. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is, is for at least three main things. We might can think of more, but we want to sp- speak about three things today. The Holy Spirit is designed to bring about moral fruit in our life, to guide us, and then lastly, to bring about signs and wonders. And I'll spend the majority of the time on the first one to talk about second and third. Um, sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, for those of you that might have grown up like me, when somebody mentions the Holy Spirit, are like, Oh, it's going to get a little controversial today. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the Spirit. Do we believe in the Holy Spirit or not? Do we believe in tongue speaking or something like that? And I find that the idea of tongue speaking or miracles can sometimes just kind of take all the air out of the room and that's what we focus on. We have to remember, though, the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to make you moral and ethical. The main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to give you a supernatural power, wind, fire, To become like Jesus. Those other things are true, we're going to talk about those in a second, but the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to give you the power, the fire, to live like you were created to live. Let's look at a couple scriptures together. One of the ones, and I remember, and I got got to tell you, talking about the Holy Spirit is so exciting. I would dare say that one of the most exciting things I've studied and grown in my faith in the last 10 or 15 years is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was not a huge part of my upbringing. There was a, a lot of Father God, a lot of Jesus the Son. But I mean, as I've looked in the Holy Spirit the last 10 or 15 years, it's been so exciting. And this passage I'm about to share with you has been one of the most influential. If you want to look at Ezekiel chapter 36, and this is in your pew Bibles, page 706. Page 706 in your pew Bible. This is Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. So this is the prophet Ezekiel from Babylon prophesying the future where he says, and this is the voice of God. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh notice that this is like a complete new heart transplant if you want to have a vivid description in your mind i'm going to rewrite this illustration later you can think indiana jones temple of doom you can think maybe mortal kombat something like that for those of you that played that arcade game growing up okay but this is taking out one heart just ripping it out and putting a new heart inside this is not heart medicine This is not trying to improve your heart. This is giving you a brand new heart. And what is the reason? And think about that. Do you want a heart of flesh or you want a heart of stone? you want a heart of flesh? But this stone heart, this was the obstinance and the disobedience of the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Okay? They could just never get their act together and follow God. It's so frustrating to read, right? But what is the purpose of this? Verse 27. I will put my spirit in you and move you. To follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So, what's the new heart, the heart of the Spirit, going to do? It's going to move you to obey God, to make you the moral and ethical person that you were always created to be. Look at page 946 of your Pew Bible. This is Galatians chapter 5. 946 of your Pew Bible. This is the fruit of the Spirit. We we teach our kids the fruit of the Spirit with a song that we often sing with them. I get that stuck in my head a lot. But to kind of get a running start to the fruit of the Spirit, uh, we'll compare it with what happens when we have that heart of stone. Okay? So this is Galatians 5. Let's start in verse 19. Galatians 5, 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So what the Holy Spirit does is it gives us the power to actually follow God. Instead of being people of jealousy, to be people of love. Instead of being people of discord, to be people of peace. The Spirit gives us that power. Think about this. Why do we see more obedience in the New Testament than the Old Testament? And to be clear, they're not perfect in the New Testament. None of you are going to be perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. But we see a higher level of moral living in the New Testament than the Old Testament. And what's the difference? The Holy Spirit. Would you rather have the apostles before the Holy Spirit or after the Holy Spirit? They're a bunch of knuckleheads beforehand. And after they get the Holy Spirit, they live completely differently. They are not perfect. They still struggle with sin. And yet, their ethical and moral standards have gone up, right, after the Holy Spirit. And so, I totally believe when it comes to resisting temptation, when it comes to correcting bad habits, when it comes to overcoming addiction, I embrace social science And what we have learned about how to resist everything from a bad habit to an addiction. And I think there is a place for all of the treatments and all the things we do to overcome sin. But I also think a part of that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us to live better. Okay. And so there's a passage. I want to contrast two passages quickly. There's a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you want to look at that, that's page 963 of your Pew Bible. 963 of your Pew Bible in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, where Paul talking to Timothy says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline to fan the flame of the Spirit. Because you may be thinking, I want the Holy Spirit, but like, how do I know I have the Holy Spirit? How do I grow the Holy Spirit? Like, What do I do with the Holy Spirit once I have it? You fan the flame. Like Recently, we were camping Memorial Day weekend, and uh, <laughs> the campsite we were at, they sold us a bunch of wood that um, it was still green. like It wasn't seasoned, and so I was struggling to get it to really light. I was fanning that. I was pulling out every trick I had. I confess, I finally used a lot of lighter fluid, but like all kinds of things to try to get it going. But I was working hard to fan it, okay? So, the power is from the Holy Spirit, it's not you. And yet what we do is we fan the flame of the Spirit. We make it grow. And so, how do you fan the flame? It's the practices Jesus gave us. It's prayer, it's fasting, it's giving, spending time in the Word, spending time in nature, spending time in worship, taking communion. And when we do those practices, we have some Holy Spirit in us. For those of us that have been baptized into Christ Jesus, we have Holy Spirit in us. And so you have choice once you have the Holy Spirit in you. You can just rest on that, and slowly the Holy Spirit just kind of leaks out of you if you don't continue to fan the flame. Or... You can participate in the Christian practices. You can read your Bible. You can pray. You can fast. You can meditate. You can go for a walk and look at the birds of the air that Melissa was talking about from Psalm 8 and in her prayer. And when you do those practices, it just gets bigger and bigger and it fans the flame. And I tell you, when I. The difficult people in my life. And I know I'm a difficult person for some people. Some people think, like, "Yeah, I can get you." Okay, but like the difficult people in my life, I'm better able to be patient and kind when I'm like this, than when I'm like this, right? So it's fanning the flame because you can resist the Holy Spirit. You may remember that when Stephen is being stoned or up right before he's stoned in Acts chapter seven, he looks at me and he says, "You always resist the Holy Spirit." So you can fan the flame of the Spirit or you can resist the Holy Spirit and have nothing left in you. Okay, And so, one of the great things that has pained our hearts the last 10 years as we've looked around at American Christianity and said, shouldn't it be better than this? Shouldn't it be more moral and ethical than this? It just looks like this. Friends, the answer is the Holy Spirit. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit or not? And I know you do, but sometimes just ask your friends. I mean, I was talking to a good friend some time ago, and we're, I know him well. We're having a conversation, and I finally just said, do you believe in the Holy Spirit or not? You are not alone. Just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps with your own willpower. I don't have a lot of confidence in willpower, honestly. Okay? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit or not? And so that first thing we get from the Holy Spirit is it's moral and it's ethical and it gives us the power to be the people we're created to be. I'll go quicker on second and third point. Second is guidance. The Holy Spirit leads us in our decisions. Think about the children of Israel in the Old Testament. When they're in the wilderness, what leads them during the day? The cloud? What leads them at night? The fire? Kids, you remember these stories. Miss Tina has taught you these stories, right? Okay, and other teachers. And it's that fire. It's the Holy Spirit that leads you. Um, Acts 13, they're meeting in Antioch, and suddenly the Holy Spirit shows up and said, I have chosen Paul and Barnabas to go, and the Holy Spirit sends them and guides them. One of the most mysterious parts of the Bible to me is Acts 16, when they're going into Asia, and Paul said, we tried to go into Bithynia, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let us. <laughs> I'm like, what did that look like? A force filled, A premonition? Like, what was that? But the idea that the Holy Spirit guides us and guides us in our decisions. We see that in the bulletin reading from John 16, right? Verse 13, he will guide you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. When you read the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is with you. In community, when you're trying to do discernment. I'm so glad discernment is a word that is very much part of our vocabulary here at Athens. When you're trying to make a big decision, the Holy Spirit will guide you. And the time in my life when this became most clear to me, when I was 16 years old and my older brother, who was 18, was trying to figure out where to go to college. And uh, he wanted to become an Air Force pilot. I think he was inspired by, by Top Gun. I know a lot of people been talking about the old Top Gun. got the new Top Gun now. I do think he was inspired by the first Top Gun. But um, he wanted to go to the Air Force Academy and be a pilot, but then during cross country of his senior year in high school, his lung collapsed. And so he's like, I probably won't get pilot qualified. I probably can't become an Air Force pilot. And so his lung actually did heal. He was able to continue running. and He was gonna to go to a college and run track. And then at the last minute spring of his senior year, he got granted a waiver from the Air Force Academy. And he had three weeks to decide. That Air Force Academy be a pilot or go run track in college clock's ticking. You've got 21 days to decide. And I've never seen how you make a decision. And uh, my stepmother just opened up the scriptures and said, we're going to pray, and the Holy Spirit's going to guide us. And one of her favorite passages she always pointed me to is Philippians 4. Do not be anxious, but present your requests to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And she gathered us around, and my father was a part of this, but my stepmother was, was definitely the one kind of leading this, and she said, we're gonna pray, and the peace of God will lead us into the right decision. Specifically, my brother, but all of us kind of doing discernment with him. We would call people over to the house to lay hands on him and pray for him, pray this decision. And here's here's one of the things about making big decisions in life: kids and teenagers. I want you to hear this. It's not necessarily what sounds like the most fun. It's not even what you want to do. Sometimes you just get this growing sense of. This is what I'm called to do. A bunch of his buddies were going to this Christian college where he was going to be able to run track. He didn't know anybody going to the Air Force Academy. But he just woke up one day and he said, I'm supposed to go to the Air Force Academy. I have peace about that. And that shaped the rest of his life. He's a pilot now and retired from the Air Force it affected who he married, it affected who his kids were, and it affected his kids. It led him to spending a year in Afghanistan. Like it shaped his whole life. And yet we look back on that and we say, it was the will of the almighty God. I've always made big decisions in life that way. To pray, to throw out the fleece, to quote the Gideon story, say, Holy Spirit God me. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. That shaped where I went to college, what I studied, whether I became a minister, um, getting married and and where I've lived, I'm here at Ackland because I believe the Holy Spirit brought me to Ackland. If the Holy Spirit tells me to leave, I will leave. If the Holy Spirit tells me to stay, I will stay. The Holy Spirit guides us. Number three, this is the one that we see uh, so much in the Bible, the idea of signs and wonders. We see them speaking in tongues there in Acts chapter 2. I wanted to end with this instead of start with it, because sometimes we talk about signs and like, oh, do we believe in that or different things like that? And I want to say this. Of course I believe in it. It's in the Bible. Um, our tradition obviously doesn't do tongue speaking. You haven't seen tongue speaking this morning, but I always tell people I'm open to it. It's just not our tradition, right? It's not our movement. I'm always open to the conversation about these things. I definitely believe that if Jesus rose from the dead and we believe the Holy Spirit's among us, then obviously God can do miracles as well. And that, Melissa prayed for people on our sick list. Obviously, we believe in a God that can work among people. If we have faith and we believe in the Holy Spirit, God will do signs and wonders. And so, I know that can be hard for our faith, but I just want to close with a story about signs and wonders that you might not normally think of as signs and wonders, but it is. And this is a story a friend told me recently, I was at Lake Porter's graduation party, and I was talking to Doug Smith, one of his uncles, who's a minister down at the Mayfair Church of Christ in Huntsville, this is where Charlie uh, worships when he's in college, this is where Kelly Moore grew up. And he leaned in and he said, uh, I said, how are things going down in Huntsville? And he goes, you wanna hear a Holy Spirit story? And the answer is always yes. Never No, I don't wanna hear all this. <laughs> yes, I wanna hear a Holy Spirit story. So here's the story I'll tell quickly. Um, Five or six years ago, there's some people at the church that said, we've got to do more with the poor in our community, the down and out, the unhoused. But we don't know what that's going to look like, but it just really was on the heart of someone. And so they bought this property kind of in the area where there were a lot of nonprofits, a lot of social services working with kind of the poor in Huntsville. And they bought this property, but they they didn't know what they were going to do with it. They just felt like God wants us to be involved in this neighborhood, but What's next move? We don't know. They buy this property and it just kind of sits there, and not much happens for like five years. And then, like a month or so into COVID, when the church was on lockdown and they were streaming the services, a few families were like, We miss seeing each other. You want to meet at this property, five or six families, and kind of spread out? It was like a big room, like this, kind of spread out, social distance but we could watch the live stream of the worship that they're doing, you know? And they said, yeah, that would be fun because we miss people a, a few months in, it. We'll, we'll social distance, kind of watch the service together. And they did that for a few weeks, and then one day, there was a knock on the door. And two men that didn't have housing said, it's really hot out here. Can we come in? And I said, sure. We're watching like the live stream of worship. You want to join us? Like, yeah. So they came in. And then the next week, they came back. And then the weekend after that, they brought friends. The weekend after that, they brought more friends. And fast forward two years, over a 100 people meet every week in this space for worship. And they started a church in this neighborhood for the unhoused community. And they're partnering with all these social service groups, both private sector and public sector groups that are also in that neighborhood. They're working together. It's not just a lone wolf type of thing. They've got one ministry where they repair bikes. They've got another ministry where they help people with bus passes, all kinds of different things. They have baptized 20, 25 people. And they have walked alongside over 30 individuals as they've gotten permanent housing working with all these other groups, but, you know, just kind of the social support to help people and check in and just to be a presence in that neighborhood. There was no plan. They never sat down and said, this is what we'll do. Every day, the Holy Spirit was one step ahead. And they just followed. And Doug was like, we knew we needed to do more for the poor. We had no plan. We had no idea what to do. We just... Follow the Holy Spirit. And, this is what, and it may stop tomorrow. We have no 10-year plan. We're just following the Holy Spirit and going where the Holy Spirit leads. The Holy Spirit's so exciting. I had a smile on my face all week just thinking about this. I've got more stories I can tell. I, I, I need I need to wrap up. I know this was your fear as I came back from sabbatical that I would preach longer to catch up. And I, that was not my intention. Okay, Kids, if you want to blow get hit me up this morning. I've got a balloon for you. But let's be excited about the Holy Spirit. Let me pray, and then, Larry, what, what's the number again, Larry? 440. 440, let me pray. Oh, God, we love you so much. Holy Spirit, come into us. Lord, for those in this room that may not have the Holy Spirit, we pray that you send them the Holy Spirit. May it we fan the flame in our hearts so we can be the people we're always supposed to be, so we can follow you, so that you would work among us in ways that just blow our minds. So Christ Jesus we pray, amen. Let's stand together and sing.
1: My Jesus, I'm loving, I know our
4: thank uh jp for sharing that story at the end of the sermon um so i think it reminds me how often uh, and how easy it is to overcomplicate the holy spirit um the holy spirit is not someone that we have to have all figured out or uh, have all the answers for exactly how he works in our life he's just someone that we have to say yes to um, he's someone that he speaks to us uh, he sends us to places and we just say yes. Um, sometimes we say no, but we, we just say yes to him. Um, I think about uh, driving early in the morning, in um, the job that I have right now, um, I do that a lot. <laughs> and um, a lot of times you'll see the sun start to come up and uh, there's like fog on the road, and when the sun comes out, it'll burn off that fog, and then you can see the sun, I think that's kind of the role of the Holy Spirit, is to um, burn off all that foggy, murky stuff in our life and point us towards the sun. And so um, as we think about uh, the table and we think about um, what all God has done for us, I hope that it points us um, straight at Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much um, for your Son um, who came and lived among us, who is um, perfectly human, fully human, fully divine, um, and is just the mystery of our faith. And God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who, again, lives in this mysterious way in our life that we don't fully understand. But God, I just pray that as we um, take this bread together, that we will think about the life of Jesus. We will think about the ways that we can say yes to the Holy Spirit in our life. I pray this through Jesus. Amen. pray for the cup and god we thank you again for the life of jesus and for the blood that he shed for us and god as we take this cup we and we pray that we will think about the sacrifice and his, all the ways that that calls us to live um, in deep uh, spirit-filled community together we pray this in jesus amen
3: 1,862.
1: 3,6,2. 362.
5: Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for pouring your love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time we've spent together in songs of adoration, fanning the flame of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time we've spent today pondering this mystery of the Holy Spirit. We need this as we prepare to go out into all the places we go this week as we Face suffering, our own suffering, the suffering of others, the suffering that is small, the suffering that is great, the unease, the fear that we might feel as we do the work of our world and go into the places that you have called us to be. Um, Give us peace as we make decisions. Help us to feel the perseverance and character and hope that you give us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.
6: We have some birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, We had a clean Wagner suite yesterday, uh, yesterweek, and uh, the Bonnie Wagner has on June 18th a birthday, so continuing the Wagner trend. Uh, June 13th is a big day. Uh, We got Neil and Allison with an anniversary and Neil's birthday and Susan Porter's birthday, and then on the 17th, T.J. Spivey will be 12, so yay. Uh, We got all kinds of of good things coming up on our calendar. Uh, We've got Mission Week coming up on the uh, 26th through 29th, and there's a lovely schedule uh, in the bulletin about how uh, on Sunday, there's the neighborhood food drive, and we've got the Friends for Life tree truck, be awesome and uh monday we've got a self-guided international cultural scavenger hunt and i'm looking forward to seeing what that's like uh we've got great speakers on tuesday and also packing vaccine and goodie bags for sloan clinic and then more great speakers at the uh next wednesday night gathering so look forward to that On our overall schedule, uh, after Mission Week, we have Nashville SC game. SC, I knew there was a sounds game coming up, but that's on 31st, SC. Uh, And then I realized, Steena Chamberlain, so I'd love to play games any time, guys. Come over, uh, and maybe it's South Carolina, so uh, any other exciting, I I decided sounds curling, because sounds is a sport, right? Um, so yeah, what other alternate, uh, uh, terms do we have for SC? Nobody? Okay, see the Chamberlain it is. I'll see you guys on, uh, Sunday, July the 3rd, uh, and if somebody wants to throw out an alternate, um, translation for that, that's great, uh, July 4th is the great, um, cookout at the Conways, uh, for the... The get together that we look forward to every year then after that a little later on this month we've got church camp and uh, the sounds game which is another sounds game maybe they're curling again Um, so uh, yeah look forward to that Um, prayers and praise Uh, a lot of folks we've been praying for and i just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for praying for friend, Shelly, who I saw yesterday, and she is able to walk again. She's using canes, but uh, um, thank you so much for your prayers and for her son, Aussie, and of course, for everybody you've been praying for, guys. Um, Thanks. Uh, Brown bag on Wednesday, Uh, which, where where will that be? Oh, at Applin. Right, because I just, yeah, because I just announced that. You guys, donuts and coffee are available and uh,
0: have a great week. You have been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http://acklin.org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.